Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, June 8th. That means it's Destination Health Day. It's all health all day today. We've got a big show lined up for you, a couple of them. So we'll start off today with just calls and questions. It's a health free-for-all. We're going to open the phone lines right now. And honestly, I don't have a lot today. I'm just... uh, I'm a little burnout on some things. I want to th- keep things lighter. I have a lesson from uh, the garden. Remember that last year, lessons from the garden? I've got uh, one of those, but for the most part, today is all about you. So it's a health free for all. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, phone lines are open right now, and I'm going to get to the calls pretty quickly. So go ahead and line them up. After the free for all today, We have After Hours with Kevin and Lauren, and we are doing our first live one-on-one today. So the way this works is normally Lauren does all of our uh, discovery calls and one-on-ones, and we've been doing um, case studies each week. You know, Lauren brings us a case, somebody she's working with. Here were the issues. Here were their goals. Here's what we've done. Here are the results. This time, we're doing that process live. We'll have the um, client on with us, and we'll be going through the process, what happened, what we're working on, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what we're doing going forward. Uh, So that will be today on After Hours. And then uh, we'll also do a live Q&A on HealthyTribe.com today. So big day. I do want to kind of uh, just lighten things up for myself today. There's so much going on in the world, in our country. Um, Most of it, not really good news right now. I don't want to keep focusing on that. Um, I have also been doing a lot of reading and a lot of really kind of deep technical reading. Uh, that's just, it just wears on you after a while. Good stuff. This is, you know, it's better than reading bad news and everything in the news today. Uh, but it's just, it's difficult. I've been really, really trying to learn more and understand about infrared and red light. Uh, You know, we have the IR sauna blanket, the infrared sauna blanket. So I've been doing this kind of work and reading for over a year now, Uh, on and off. I did a lot in the beginning, and now I keep my eyes open for new material. And uh, just out of the blue on Facebook, somebody reached out to me from a new company in this space. And just, you know, wanted to make contact. They listen to the show. Um, They know this is something I've been doing research on and working with, with uh, our IR sauna blanket. So they reached out to me. I reached back. Um, They had a ton of material, some research that I just hadn't seen or hadn't found before. And they gave me a whole bunch of it. So uh, new stuff, really interesting and, you know, my first thought when I look at things like this, like the, the infrared blanket, um, which I've been getting amazing results from, um, I'm getting feedback from a lot of um, our tribe members who have one, they love theirs. 
I also have the red light therapy, um, which I haven't really talked a lot yet about. Um, One of the issues with all of these, they're, they're fairly expensive. And what I'm finding is that we can do more with this, but it gets more expensive. It's the intensity and the power of the lights that make a difference. Um, we could use a, a high enough intensity that instead of being in the infrared sauna blanket for an hour, which is what I tend to do now, you may be able to get the same results in 20 minutes. So that's just one of the things I'm looking at. But when I look at something like this, my first thought is always, why do we need this? You know, we go back to the hunter-gatherer model, and I tend to look at a lot of things like, wait a minute, do we really need that to be healthy? Why do we need this supplement? And normally we find out because we're missing nutrition. Our nutrition is very different from when we were hunter-gatherers. But it's always my first, I always try to start off very skeptical about things. You, you have to convince me why I should be doing this. And if it's not natural, then you really have to convince me. Why do we need to do this to be healthy? Well, the, the answer to this one is actually a lot more obvious than what I thought. Remember, we're dealing with light here, whether it's near-infrared, mid-infrared, far-infrared, or the other red and yellow light spectrums. Many of these lights we can't even see. That's weird for us. How can it be light if we can't see it? But there are different frequencies in that range. Some we can see, some we can't so what we're really talking about here though is that these technologies these different infrared or red light therapies and technologies what they're really trying to do is mimic the sun we can get most of these benefits from the sun itself now one of the benefits we get from far infrared is detox through heavy sweating. And this is one of the areas I'm looking at right now. Uh, I love our sauna blanket, but is is there a better way of doing this? Uh, and for me, one of it, is there a shorter way of doing this? An hour is a lot of time out of the day. Now, I make good use of that time because I can read or take notes or whatever, but it's still an hour. Um, it takes me on the highest setting nine or 10 or whatever it is on there, nine, I think. Um, It takes me 30 minutes before I start to sweat. So then I have a, you know, good 30 minutes. It's the last 10 or 15 minutes that I really sweat a lot. Well, you know, doing some research, you could get that much sweat going in five or 10 minutes with the right intensity of lights. It's just more intense lights cost more money. That, that's the whole issue here. Uh, we could build a device that is really powerful, works really well, much shorter times, but it's going to be significantly more expensive for now. Maybe those costs will start to come down. But 
going back to why do we need this? Why is this something we should be doing? Whether it's the infrareds, the different ranges, or the red or yellow light therapy. And it's because we don't get enough sunlight. Not even close. And it's next to impossible to get enough good sunlight in today's modern world. Unless you're retired or independently wealthy and you don't need to work, then it wouldn't be as hard. But even then, you're not going to get the kind of exposure to sunlight that we received as hunter-gatherers. I mean, think about it. We lived outside. You were almost always outside. You didn't spend a lot of time out of the sun. And that, that changed a lot of things for us. We've talked about grounding because you spent a lot of time touching the earth as a hunter-gatherer. You slept on it. You walked on it in bare feet. We didn't have synthetic soles and shoes and all these synthetic materials that we have today that block that transfer of electrons we want to get from the earth. That's one thing that's changed dramatically. And, you know, it's a little easier to do more about that. Just stop wearing socks and shoes any chance you get. If you don't have to wear socks and shoes, then don't. Uh, I try to go as long as I can in the winter walking barefoot. Summer, I just don't want to put on shoes. You know, sometimes when I'm out gardening and, you know, using a pick or, you know, tools, I put on shoes just because it's, I don't want to lose any toes. But for the most part, I try to stay barefoot as often as possible. You know, as far as sunlight, because I'm really fair-skinned, I burn easy, um, for me, my method was you can get most of the vitamin D you need from the sun in about 20 to 30 minutes of exposure. You don't get much more vitamin D production than that. So my thought was, okay, just make sure I get outside, you know, every day for 20 or 30 minutes, expose a lot of skin right at solar noon. And that helps. There's no doubt. That's good. But we get so much more from the sun than just vitamin D. So we have to stop focusing on just the vitamin D aspect of this. That's a nice piece. It's important. It's better than supplementing vitamin D. Get as much of it as you can from the sun. But I really think that fair-skinned or not, we should be spending a lot more time in the sun. I'm going to work on it this summer. Uh, I, I, I would like to get to the point where I could spend a couple hours outside with skin exposed and not burn. And that can be done. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be working on it harder, except we haven't had much sunlight here this year. That's another um, issue with the garden weather this year has been really, really weird. Uh, that's kind of my lesson from the garden was um, you learn a lot more from your mistakes than you learn from getting things right. I'm dealing with a lot of things in the garden this year that uh, I don't know how to handle. I haven't learned these lessons yet. Uh, and I'm struggling a little bit. I got a lot going on. I got a lot of stuff planted. I'm excited about a lot of things. But uh, there's a lot of stuff not growing right now. Um, I'm doing fantastic in the grow room. In fact, I ordered more lights just because it's the only place anything's growing right now is in under the lights. We're just not getting enough sunshine and heat. Really, um, 
a strange, strange spring and now even into the summer for us. Um, we tend to, and the next 10 days, my forecast for the next 10 days is cloudy in about 60 to 65. Not good growing conditions. Right now, we need 75 to 85 and lots of sunshine. And we're, we're just not getting it. So um, I'm learning some new lessons in the garden this year. The light thing, light therapy, infrared, all of that. Uh, like I said, I've been doing a lot of deep reading. I think there is a lot of potential here to improve our health. One of the areas I'm reading about right now um, that I never even thought about it turns out one of the other areas of health we talk a lot about but don't fully understand yet, our gut microbiome or our whole body microbiome. You know, we talk about the gut because that's where most of it is. But our microbiome, we also have bacteria in our mouth. It can be good or bad. It makes a huge difference with your oral health and your overall health. We have bacteria on our skin, Um. So it's the whole microbiome, and we're still learning a lot about it, but it turns out that far infrared therapy, which is what our current sauna blanket is, our current sauna blanket is basically just far infrared. There probably is some near and mid in there, but not enough to really get the benefits. So we're looking at the benefits of far infrared. Turns out one of them is it is, increases and improves your microbiome. I had no idea there was any uh, correlation between that. Again, the, the big thing here, why would we need this? Just because we don't get enough time out in the sun. And we evolved that way. And I think this area, along with the microbiome, probably the two big areas we're looking at going forward. So I still have a lot of reading to do. We're even kicking around the idea in this space of maybe even creating our own product. Um, we'll see. Because there is some, some newer technology as we're learning. It may be, um, may be worthwhile to take a look at that for us. So uh, I'll keep you informed. I just looked at the board and we have all kinds of calls. So um, I think I'm just going to jump right to them. Let's go to Missouri today to get started. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Doing good. I'm, What's uh, on your mind today? Watch a lot of people. I want to call in and thank you for the help that you've given me over the last couple of years. I got some good news uh, this week. Not that I was that concerned about it anyway, but my uh, January, I dieted, started dieting January of, I think it was 19, 20 anyway, January of 21, when I was really full on keto, really leaned more toward carnivore, very high fat. And uh, the then I go to the doctor twice a year, and uh, my cholesterol, of course, was, was rising. Uh, every six months in May, it rose last year, and in November it was up, and the doctor's getting upset, and I said, I'm not taking that statin drug, and he just goes, finally just doesn't prescribe it to me, gets me going about my business. Now I've come back in for my mid-year check, and my all my cholesterol numbers I'm driving, I don't have them in front of me, but they're 
barely above where they even want them to be. You know what I mean? Like two, they're like two hundred five or whatever. Okay. Like they want them more than two hundred, and I'm just I was so it's down. That was down like fifty points in just six months, and I'm just really happy about that. And I finally got him to kind of <laughs> halfway acknowledge, you know, uh, what I'm doing, and uh, Good. it just seems like the more fat that I eat. As in, like you suggest, one time snacking on butter, and I literally snack on butter. Seems like the more fat I eat, the better I get, the better I feel. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Jason Fung, and the other people that write those books for uh, giving me the confidence to kind of hang in there with this, and uh, I'm doing great. Excellent. Excellent. Love to hear that. Keep it up. That's um, really all I want to say. You know, it's, it's, we haven't talked as much about fat in a while as we did, but this really is the key. We should not be afraid of good, healthy fats and all animal fats, animals that were raised properly. All animal fats are healthy. Pork lard, beef tallow, duck fat, chicken fat. Those are all my favorites and they all taste really good too. Um, as long as those animals were raised right, those are some of our best sources of fat. We shouldn't be afraid of it. Avocado oil, coconut oil, yeah. same thing. And I just find the more fat I eat, the better I feel all around and the better my results are. Actually, um, just this week, I started back on two cups of NDK coffee a day. I had been down to one for a long time. Mm-hmm. And... And part of it was just because for some reason, I just wasn't really feeling like I wanted that second cup. All of a sudden that changed. I get through my first cup and I'm just craving a second cup. So that actually is a lot more fat. It's four more tablespoons every morning, you know, two more tablespoons of butter, two more tablespoons of brain octane. But honestly, I'm feeling better again. I I like this. I get tons of energy. Um, So fat really is where it's at. Yeah, it is. I should do that. NDK coffee that would probably help me as well. Um, so anyway, that's I don't want to type your lines. That's just, um, he also told me he kind of gave me free will to go ahead and quit taking my little uh, blood pressure lisinopril because it's so low. Yes. My blood pressure's come so low that he says I really don't need to take it. So excellent. Uh, it's pretty, pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, that's and, the, uh, you I, know that's. Go ahead. Well, yeah, of all the things that I hear from people, all the results, the one thing that I absolutely love to hear, I love when people lose weight and their pain goes away and they're thinking more clearly and their moods are better. But when I hear somebody was able to quit a drug, I absolutely love that. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. No doubt it's a big deal. Yep. Congratulations. Great yeah, results. Also, uh, thank you. And a uh, side note, too, about the, I'm sorry that the wheat production in uh, Ukraine and all is going to affect the world as it does, but it's kind of noticeably from my selfish perspective that I don't expect to be impacted by uh, high bread prices and uh, not, <laughs> yeah. uh, wheat. 
Yeah. Four coming. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree. If only the, the rest of the world could figure that out. Yeah, I agree. And every time I have to talk about it or report on it or read about it, I, I know it's a big deal. Without that grain, a lot of people are going to go hungry. Some will starve. There are countries where people will die because of this. And it's a shame that that is the food supply we've created in our world. And we've done that because it's cheap and it's easy to create lots of it. And, you know, there's actually a lesson here. If we go back in time, back to hunter-gatherers, and we can't absolutely prove this, but there's, there's a lot of evidence. We only started eating grain because there was a food shortage. We had overhunted because we became so successful at hunting. You know, our tribes would grow. We'd eat more and more animals. We would hunt out an area. And we came to a point where human beings had become such successful hunters that we couldn't find enough animals to eat. And that's when we switched to grains. And today, that's not necessary. Or maybe it is in some parts of the world still. I don't know. Um, But I, I... feel the same way you do. I look at this and think, (laughs) you know, even though that's a huge worldwide problem, it's not going to impact me or my level of health or hunger because I haven't touched any of those grains in eight years. Well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Love hearing the results and the feedback. Keep it coming. Let's go to Florida. Raymond, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind can, today? Can you hear me okay? I can. I, I, want, I wanted to ask you if you've ever tried sumac as a spice. I have not. Um, I'll order you some off Amazon and tell us what you think later on. Uh, it, it, it's a natural plant that grows in, in Kentucky in, in, the, in the fence row. I mean, it's like a beautiful plant with red leaves in the fall, and it has berries on the top. Well, you can take those berries and grind them and make your own. Me and my girlfriend have already done it. Huh. And it supposedly has uh, health benefits, too, uh, you know, of some kind on its own. So, um, and I love it on boiled egg, man. You can make, make the things brown with it. It's good, man, yeah. So can you even begin to describe what it tastes like? Does it taste like anything else that I might lemony. be familiar with? Uh, uh, it's, got, it's got sort of a lemony flavor. Okay. Really, yeah. Uh, that's the nearest I can describe it. Okay. It, it, I think it's only like eight bucks, eight bucks or something for the starter pack we got, and we, just, we decided we'd just cut our own. Yeah. So the other day we finally ground up, ground up what we had from last fall there, you know, and it, there's not much yield to it. I mean, uh, right. <laughs> It takes a quarter of a bushel to get a shaker full, you know, time you put it in a food processor and grind it up, you know, all that. But, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why spices are so expensive when we look at them, say, per ounce or per pound. Spices are outrageously expensive because by the time you grow the plant, dry enough of it, because once you dry it, there's almost nothing left. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, so... What's the, uh, I don't know why I always forget the name of this spice. It, uh, oh, it was just on the tip of my tongue right there. Um, oh, I hate when it happens. <laughs> I know, and it seems like every time I try to think of this particular spice, I can't. Um, it 
Well, it's simple. S-U-M-A-C, sumac. Yeah, this one is. The one I'm thinking of, it actually comes from the little stamen of a flower. You know how when you look in the flower, they have those little long, thin, thread-like pet or, um, you know, hairs hairs almost in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's a spice that comes from that. So imagine how many flowers you have to grow to get those tiny little threads out of yeah. there. That I'll think of the name here, or somebody will text me with it. But it is outrageously expensive. Um, sounds like somebody just did saffron. That's what it is. Thank you, Brittany. Um, I knew somebody would saffron. Would yeah, say okay, saffron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we use some of that too. My yeah. girl, my, my lady, has got a. a a cabinet full of spices. You got everything in the world. But we awesome. never heard of sumac. We, we, I love it on boiled eggs. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to look anyway, into that. Uh, yeah, look into that. Okay, yeah. uh, let's uh, change subject here. Water. What kind of water do you drink? Um, believe it or not, I drink water right out of my faucet. We have incredible water where I live. Uh, so much so. Well, that that, that, that's a blessing, yeah. It, it is. Blessing. It is. We we had a 10-year fight with Nestle in our town while I was on city council, so I was heavily involved with it. Um, and it was interesting because I have a sister-in-law um, who worked for Stouffer's, which is a part of Nestle for like, I don't know, 40 years or something. Now her daughter works there, my niece. Um, but Nestle mm-hmm. wanted to put a bottling plant in our town. Actually, they wanted to run two different lines. They were going to use our municipal water, the same stuff that comes out of my tap. They were going to use that for their standard bottled water because it's that clean. Then we have a lot of natural springs here, and they wanted to use one of our natural springs for a premium line of water. And it was a huge fight, and I was on city council, so I was a big part of it. Um, But that's when I got really interested in water, and I got water testers. And every time I traveled, I would test water in different places. And I was blown away by how clean our water. When we talk about um, parts per million in water, like dissolved solids, stuff that's in our water. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the average around the country is like uh, 125, if I remember right. I found places where it was over 300. Ours is about 15, right out of the tap. Wow. And it's not, um, and, Uh. and we don't use fluoride in our water. I have drank natural spring water for the last 20-something years. I believe it's important to, to drink that kind of water. The, some of this stuff, like Coca-Cola, Dasani, it, it's purified water. They, they take everything out and then try to put the stuff back in for the taste. Right. I don't believe in that mentality. I believe God, I believe God's purification <laughs> system is probably the best on the earth. I, I, I yeah. agree with you. I will say one thing about <laughs> Dasani water specifically since you brought that one up. You know, we don't think really of taste with water. Water really shouldn't taste. But, but of course... I it, do. I'm a connoisseur. Well, well there you go. I'm, Most people don't. Total- I, I will say, though, <laughs> that I like the taste of Dasani water. But I'm with you. I would rather have a natural water where it came out of the ground. It's nice and clean. It's got minerals in it. I'd rather drink that. Yeah. But I yeah. will say, 
they did a pretty damn good job of purifying the water, and then they put certain minerals back in. And to me, Dasani does really taste good. Well, I'm not arguing with you there. Uh, to me, Zephyr Hills is number one. Uh, and then, of course, uh, if you buy spring water at Walmart, it comes from Silver Springs in Florida, down here. Uh, they. There's one called Attica water there out of India. Attica, Indiana has a wonderful tasting water. I'm not sure why. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it probably I, just I, the... I, I, can, I can taste the difference in water. Yeah, I can. Right. Yeah. Well, and beer, I, too, right? <laughs> you know, the difference will be all these different water sources have different minerals. And that's kind of what Dasani did. They right. just figured out if you put this much of this mineral back in and you put this much, and I'm sure they did, you know, a million taste tests with people. And so it, it's the minerals in yep. the water that can kind of change the taste. Yep. Yep. Okay, onward and upward here to the garden. Uh, I, I'm an old gardener. I mean, I'm with, I'm with, I grew up on a farm. I was so blessed. I grew up rich and didn't know it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we had a freezer full of beef all the time. We had a freezer full of beef. We had every, mama growed everything in the garden. We, we didn't even have to go to the grocery until she bought flour and sugar at the grocery, pretty much. And, and everything and, else came out of the basement. And hey, Raymond, let's think about that. Flour and sugar are the two things we really just don't need. <laughs> Exactly. But, right? but now, uh, Southern cooking, you got to have a little bit of that. You know? No, right? I know. I know. But, yeah, but when exactly. it comes to- we didn't even need them, but yeah, right. That's the only thing we had. All, all we needed, what we, all, all we bought was what we didn't need. Yeah. Exactly. Everything you needed to be healthy, you were already growing yourself. You're right. You were rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your asparagus, if, I assume it's probably not done much up there yet as cool as then, but you, you don't want to really harvest it very hard the first year. You need to let the roots develop, they say. You know, you know that fact, right? Yeah, so I'm actually on the fourth year for these plants because I bought... Oh, good. I, yeah, you, you can harvest away then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I even went easy. So I, I bought three-year crowns last year. So the root bundles I bought were already yeah. three years old. I planted them early last spring. Yeah. They came up pretty quick. I didn't cut anything last year um, on the, you know, the... Yeah. I, I just Good let, just let yeah. that grow completely, didn't cut anything. This year, even though it's, it's one of the things that surprised me about asparagus, and I'm glad I planted it now, it's the only thing in my garden growing. And I've been eating it now for, right. yeah. um, this is my third week, and I stopped. I, a couple of days ago, I stopped yeah. cutting it. I cut it for about two and a half weeks, almost, well, really, just about every day I was getting asparagus. Yeah. Um, and I, I just stopped a couple days ago and already some of my asparagus stalks are like four and a half feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. They'll grow overnight. Seems like they'll be, they'll make a bush for, before you even yep. have time to harvest it. If you're gone a couple of days, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the the asparagus did really good this year. I've fermented a bunch, I've eaten a bunch, but now, yeah. um, like you said, I want to give it a break. I don't want to overcut it this year, so I stopped a couple days ago. Next year, yeah. I should be able to cut for, you know, quite a while. Broccoli would be good for you to grow right there in the spring, too, I think. Uh, it, uh, in, in KY, March, 
is when you want to set your broccoli and, and when it's cool. Yeah, I almost, never even had to spray it. I mean, if you sit there early, you, the, by the time the looper worms get there, your your uh, or the butterflies, you know, that lay the eggs and make the loopers on the on the uh, broccoli. Yeah, those damn uh, little white butterflies. You're finished, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> damn little white butterflies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And cabbage too. Cabbage and broccoli, of course. You know, cold cold crops are all about about the same, or not not the same, but yeah, you can grow eat and cauliflower too. We all. Cauliflower just does better in the fall in the, in the KY there because of the sun gets too hot on it before it gets harvestable. But broccoli will make make itself before you before you can before the sun comes gets too hot. Yeah, yeah. The, the, those are the, the that whole family is what we call the brassicas: cabbage, kale, broccoli, yeah. cauliflower, yeah. Brussels sprouts. Um, those are the first yeah. things I plant every oh. spring. They're they're yeah. they're doing okay. Um, they're, they're just not getting enough sun to, to grow a whole lot. I have some cabbage that I planted in the garden and then I have some cabbage that I kept in the grow house. The cabbage in the grow house is yeah. about three times the size of what I planted. Wow. That, you just not had any weather and that's one thing you cannot control is nope. the weather. I mean, nope. that, that, just, just not farmer, enough sunshine. I, I, I'm a, your old farmer, buddy. Wants to, I, I grew up on a farm. That's where I want to die, and I'm in trucking right now, trying to make enough money to buy another farm. But there you go. Uh, Biden has has thwarted my plans. But yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was doing well. I uh, did well at a couple of years ago, man. I was knocking apples, but I mean, it's kind of dried up somewhat, yeah. you know. And I just hope it don't get to where you know, like it was back when I. Back in the, I, I survived 08 as an independent old officer. I, I, so I, you know, I, I have seen bad times. Yeah. yeah. I, if you made it through 08, you learned your lessons and you're still out there, you'll get through this. I think it's going to be worse in some ways than 08, but I think in some ways it won't be as bad. Um, I, I think for the people who know how to operate, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, and as long as you're not overextended, you know, in your personal life. But I think the reason this may be better for the people who are prepared is I think it's going to be so bad this time that we'll lose enough people that the people who can stay will be all right, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm, de- I'm debt free. We'll see. You and Dave Ramsey. Thank Excellent. you, guys. Thank you. Thank you and Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you are uh, what, what a hell of a good time to be debt free, you know, right? <laughs> I can't think of a better time in my lifetime. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right, yeah. Raymond. You, I, I, you I and I can probably. I opportunities out here, too, sometimes. Yeah, we there you go. You and I, I, just, I bought a Volvo, too. I bought a Volvo the other day. You, you love me. Yeah, I bought a Volvo. I'm, I'm going to have to sell this international, probably. Yeah. There you I, go. I may keep her. I don't know, but. There you go. Hey, Raymond, call me again next week. Let's talk more about gardening. Um, got a lot of calls. I'm going to get to them. Let's go to Georgia. Matt, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Um, well, it's, it's funny how certain things we talk about, how they start popping up in other places throughout your daily life. So yes. you've talked about Alexandria Farms, Northern California. Right. The uh, D2 milk. 
and there's field work podcasts that I listen to, a couple, you know, farming on YouTube, um, those people that are into that. The Minnesota Millennial Farmer is a big one, and he's on that field work podcast. Uh, just last night, listened to an episode where they interviewed Alexandria Farms. Really? And talking about EQ Milk, and they're the first ever certified regenerative agriculture dairy. Wow. In the United States. And they are now, um, I believe nationwide in uh, Whole Foods. Excellent. Excellent. I just um, I just picked up another case yesterday of half and a half from Azure and uh, getting ready to do another batch of yogurt today with it. So, so yeah, that, for people looking to order and having delivered, Alexandria Farms doesn't do it directly. If you go to their website, you have to go through Azure Standard. Right. And that company, they, they handle distribution, but... It sounds like any Whole Foods now you might be able to go into and buy it. That's good. Yeah, so, I, that's been so. it, it's been our biggest challenge on the yogurt making is finding first off A two because I am a big believer in A two much better than A one protein. Um, it's not homogenized, which is awesome, and it is very very gently pasteurized. Trying to find that is almost impossible other than Alexander Farms. Yep. Yeah, they're, I don't remember, maybe about an hour long ordeal, 40 minutes or so, the, the podcast there. And they go through their family history and, and trying to uh, go to direct marketing and, you know, their own brand, their own bottling, because everybody they went to, bottlers, didn't want anything to do with A2 milk. Really? It's too odd. We got to do everything separate. They don't oh. they end up having to do their own bottling. Okay, I see. They, yeah. they, most bottlers, they just mix everything together. Right. You know? Right. Um, you know, what they call cold packing. And um, what I didn't realize this, they uh, actually started with chickens and eggs was their biggest thing. Huh. And they raised. Forty or fifty thousand chickens behind their nine thousand cows. Wow! Maybe I should get them on the show. They'd make a great guest. I'd love to talk to them. Yeah, yep. And then um, a few weeks ago, uh, another episode on Fieldwork podcast. There was Gabe Brown from North Dakota. Oh, really? Talking about his his book and what he's been up to with. Uh, Dirt the soil. Yeah, is the title of that one. Well, you know, I want to stop there. All these things keep coming together. I want to stop there and jump in because I've got to say that the stuff I learned in his book, um, cover crops and some of the other techniques he teaches, absolute game changers. I have never seen soil change so fast um, because I put that that seven blend cover crop on it. The soil looks completely different and, and it is deep and dark. You know what? And I think this is his phrase. If I remember right, um, somewhere I remember reading, you want your soil to look like chocolate cake. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't remember if that was his line or who was I, I, I know I've heard it, but I don't remember who said and, it. And that's exactly what happened. The, the, all of the places I put that cover crop on, the, the soil now looks like chocolate cake. Uh-oh. That, uh, that sounded like I just lost Matt. Matt, you still there? Oh, no, what? You know what? That was me that I lost. Oh, I got uh, to reconnect my call. What happened there? Hold on. I, um, there we go. We will try to get this fixed. I'm not sure what, what went wrong. Um, one of the things, you know, I know we've been working a lot with technology and we've been um, playing around with different technology and some of it we're struggling with. And, oh, there we go. All right. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the Colin Studio web interface. Audio recording is on. I probably should have muted that first. I'll learn. Um, we've been fighting a lot with, um, with internet issues, I finally realized, and much more so than normal. More outages, more um, intermittent internet and that's been kind of making everything I'm trying to test harder to do. And I finally realized that's a big part of what's going on. And I think it's the same thing we're facing with everything, all the shortages. Uh, I, I don't know. We just seem to have a lot more Internet problems than I was having just a couple of years ago. I have no idea what just happened with that, but I think we're back. So, Matt, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. It's fine. Yeah, I thought I dropped your call. It was actually my call that dropped. Okay. That brings up a whole other topic. Uh, yesterday with the pit and even on the power hour, you were you know, talking about shortages and different things and just amazes me what's going on you know, in the world, but definitely in the United States and the book Atlas Drugs. Yeah. Shortages, power outages. It, it, I, I just can't believe how well that book, or how, how the things in that book are coming true, I guess. Yeah. You know what? When you think about it, the book was written in the 50s, and you think, how, how did she possibly get all this stuff right? You know, 70 years ago. She was predicting what we're seeing now and how did she, how could she know that? And there is actually a pretty simple answer to this. She watched it happen. Uh, she watched it happen herself as a child growing up in Russia. Nope. It's, it's not, you know, uh, it, it's not, it, you know, politics or politics communism creates certain things she grew up watching a centralized communist government and all the problems it created shortages and corruption and on and on and on and all she was doing was writing about what she went through and predicting that if we didn't change our course even in the 1950s she could see that we could possibly head down that same path. And sure enough, here we are. And she got it right. Yeah. It's funny how, like, it's just another 
symbiotic thing here. Uh, Mike Rowe is another podcast I listen to, the way I heard it. And his interview this week was with Robert Kiyosaki. And talking about the uh, Communist Manifesto and just different things are proving themselves to come true. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I mean, we're it's watching just, it. And, you know, like, like I said, it, it's not that she was, you know, she couldn't see the future. She wasn't special in any way, but she predicted this stuff 70 years ago only because history can repeat itself. You know, we've all heard that phrase, if you don't study and understand history, you're just bound to repeat it. And that's all she was predicting is we were going to repeat all the same mistakes that Russia made when it went down the path of communism. Yep. And yeah, in the book, um, I remember the terminology, the, every decision everybody made was based on, what is it, the social welfare, or however she worded it. Yeah. You know, but in today's world, it's the woke movement. That's The, the terminology is different, but it's, it's the, the big picture. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's exactly what she predicted and and now we're seeing it and you're right i i just read something this morning and i thought to myself why and how i i honestly still don't completely understand why um britney just texted something over matt were you thinking of uh, anti dog eat dog that phrase yeah well that was part of it several times throughout the book that yeah. Everything, um, the main characters, well, you know, I want to do this for business. Well, what, how much thought did you put into the social aspect of it? Uh, none. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It, <laughs> it's, a, it's a business decision, not a, not a social decision. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's... Um, yeah. I, I, like I said, I keep threatening. I almost want to go back and read it again just because there was so much in that book. It's just um, I have so much other reading I, I want to get done. But uh, I think it would be enjoyable. Well, yeah. I don't know if it would be enjoyable, uh, but it would be eye-opening, I think, to read it again. Yeah. Yeah, not to diverge on politics on today's show, but uh, just back to the Fieldwork podcast, those people that are, interested in the regenerative agriculture side there's a lot of uh the last two seasons have all been about regenerative ag okay oh i know what interested in that stuff the point i was going to make and i got off track there um i read this morning about another shortage the in the medical world they use um contrast dye so uh, when they're trying to find things in your body, people have probably, some people have experienced this. Sometimes you have to drink something and then they do x-rays. Sometimes they inject something and then they do x-rays. Not always, but some of those procedures use what they call contrast dye so that they can see what's happening inside your body. This dye goes to certain places and it, it will show them more on the x-ray. Turns out, I guess we have a horrible shortage of this dye. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. 
I mean, I can't believe, you know, in the beginning, we were talking a lot about, well, it's because people are on unemployment and the government's paying them too much money and they're just staying home. And that's not going on anymore. Those people aren't living. That on happened that, a year ago. Yeah, those people that aren't living on that money anymore either. Some might be, but most aren't. So where the hell did everybody go? How are they living? And why do we have all these shortages? I don't even get it. And I didn't read the article, but I seen a headline last week that one more uh, nuclear power plant they just shut down. Yeah. And now this is just proof that or the reasons they're predicting rolling blackouts this summer is probably going to come true. Well, that's the other thing I was going to ask. Why are we going to have rolling blackouts this summer? What the hell changed? I've been around the planet 59 times. I don't remember a summer where we had to worry about rolling blackouts. How did things actually get worse in 50-some years? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's the environmental movement. They, you know, that's our oil issue right now. Refineries keep getting shut down over time. and I guess. You know, the pandemic had a lot to do with that. A lot of older refineries that were expensive to run when the price of oil dropped and or the demand dropped, they shut them down and they've never come back online yet. They're just too expensive to get back online. Well, and we haven't built one in 50 some years. So, yeah. Now, I, I have a feeling that is what we're dealing with. So, um, you know, if, if this is what we keep voting into office, this is what we can expect, I guess. Shortages, high prices, yep. um, just not able to get stuff. Uh, but their answer, I just love their answer. Um, and I've actually watched some politicians bragging about this. What One woman, I don't even remember who she was or what state she was from, but she went on and on and on. A politician, federal, she's in the federal government, um, I think she's in Congress. She went on and on and on about how now she has her first electric car. And what a wonderful thing it was. She just took a trip and she passed up all those gas stations. I don't have to worry about the cost of energy, she said. Well, first off... <laughs> What an asshole. My God, people are standing there trying to figure out how they're going to get to work because they can't afford gas. And she's bragging about how amazing her electric car is. But the way she talked about it, she talked about like energy for an electric car is free. She actually said, I don't have to worry about the, the um, what was the word she used? The, the big oil companies taking oil advantage break. of yep. me or whatever. Oh, okay. We'll give it enough time and it'll be the big electrical companies taking advantage of you the same way. It's not like energy is yeah. free for that electric car. And uh, did you see the Pelosi's? Oh, wait Just a minute. Invested a wait. couple of million dollars? Yeah, let's come back to that. I don't want to forget this point. Here's the other okay. thing. At some point... I'm pretty sure governments, both state, local, and federal, all of them, are going to start taxing that energy somehow for electric cars. Well, the correct thing to do would be to go to a mileage tax, exactly. and then it doesn't matter which energy right. source you use, because not that there's a lot, but you know, there's propane vehicles, there's natural gas vehicles, there's yep, exactly. electric, there's your gas, your diesel, I mean, 
why does it matter what your energy source is? The so, road has to be repaired the same. So how hard is it? How You just don't have to be that intelligent to see the flaw in their whole plan. Now, I think people know I like electric vehicles. I like them a lot, but it has nothing to do with cost or the environment. I just think it's a very cool technology, but their plan has a huge flaw. They're actually trying to get people to go buy electric vehicles like that's the answer. What is the cost of that F-150 Lightning? Isn't it close to like $100,000 or something? I guess I've never even looked it up. What's weird to me is they named it the the Lightning, and they had a model Lightning, what, like 2000, 2001? It was like a souped-up pickup. Yeah. Why they used the same name just boggles my mind. Especially since it didn't do well. Um, But (laughs) here's the flaw in their plan. They want you, they're saying it every day, go buy an electric vehicle. Well, first of all, they're outrageously expensive. And there aren't that many used ones on the market, so that's not much of an answer. But if you followed their plan, you're going to go buy this really expensive vehicle. The cost of charging that vehicle is going to go up. Every time we add more electric vehicles, it's supply and demand. The cost of that will go up. We're talking about rolling blackouts already, and you want people to go buy electric cars? Then their cost of running that car is going to go up. Then we're going to start taxing the energy for that car. And those people that all ran out to buy electric vehicles because they thought it was going to save them money are going to get screwed. Yep, like you say, I, I'm all for electric too, but if the free market just brings it online as demand Correct. comes on, it's going to be much, much smoother and, and better. Yeah, absolutely. The government needs just to get the hell out of that whole market, go back to producing oil in our country because we need it today, and it will actually help today. Instead, Joe Biden's using that emergency war act or whatever the hell the name of that thing is to get plants to produce more solar panels to bring down the cost of energy. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <sighs> Maybe we should bring this one up again. Uh, there you go. Tuesday on, the, on the pit because it, yep. it is a health day. So yeah, I'll let you move on to another call. All right. Thanks for the call. You know, I almost started off with some of these topics today, and my justification was going to be they all affect our health in a lot of ways. Uh, Let's go to uh, Alberta this time. Ben, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind today? So, um, brother-in-law is on... uh uh, acid reflux medication, and I uh, I shared your uh, PPI protocol uh, you have in your store there. I shared him, and he showed that protocol to his, well, he used to be a medical doctor, but now he's a herbalist doctor, and he claims uh, doing that PPI kit, trying to get off of his medications, um, is going to make things worse, and uh, so, I was just going to run it by you, see what you said. Yeah, well, I'd love to talk to him about it. Do you think you could get him on the show? Uh, 
I could probably try, but yeah, I, yeah. I'd love to I'm hear his done. thoughts because I'll also bring on about a hundred people who have been through that protocol with amazing results. Yeah, well, that's what I told uh, my brother-in-law. Eh? Like he's got uh, his his doctor claims his uh, his muscle on his lid in his esophagus is weak. And oh he claims he's going to have to take those medications for the rest of his life. Bullshit. So. Bullshit. Now I know he doesn't know what he's talking about. I thought maybe since, you know, he was an herbalist and a more natural, maybe he had some other, you know, things that he thought were better. But if his only answer is you'll have to take these the rest of your life, that's just bullshit. Yeah, that's exactly what I told him. I told my brother-in-law, and yeah, he I, thinks I, I, he wants to be a medical doctor, but he's kind of switched to a more herbalist doctor, and he wanted to give him herbs, but he said he'd have to take them, them, them medications. He can't stop them. So no, that that's bullshit. You don't even have to take the supplements forever. We don't tell people to take that PPI kit forever. My worst case, I did have yeah. one person who had to go through three rounds but they had also been on PPIs for over 25 years, but we got through three rounds. And then once it's fixed, it's fixed. And as long as you keep decent nutrition. Now, if you were to fix it and then go back to the standard American diet, you're going to get it back again. But if you fix it and then you maintain a nutrient dense diet, you don't need to take any supplements. Correct. Yeah. Well, I told him I'd run it by you and then, he could probably listen to the recording and then. Well, and, I, I, I mean, I could. I told him the same thing. I, I, I mean, I could spend an hour talking about why the PPI protocol works, why we put it together. I could go through case study after case study. People who've been on PPIs for decades and now they're not. They have no more heartburn. So let's even go down his path. The muscle is weak. Oh, well, if it's a muscle, there must be a way to strengthen it. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's a muscle. Muscles get weak. We so can re-strengthen I think 15 years he's been taking those medications. And uh, I told him it's fixable. Yeah. I've heard so many stories over and over and over. He believed me at first. He read the protocol. He said everything makes sense. And then until, I guess, he asked his doctor. And then now he's kind of, you know how that goes, eh? Yeah, here's, here, here's what I would gather, that because he was a traditional medical doctor, he still believes that the problem is too much acid. And that's why he thinks this protocol is going to make things worse. He does not understand the basic concept that this problem isn't too much acid. It's not enough. That correct. That, that, that's what I tried to explain him. Because from, from what I learned from you, uh, I kind of understand a little bit how stomach acid works. So, yeah, and you know, but anyways, what? I'll, um, I'll tell him that and then he can make up his mind, I guess. Yeah, and if he wants to call the show, or I would love to get him and his doctor on the show, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I'll try my best. Yeah. But See, I, I had another question for my wife. Okay. Um, you know, she switched to the 
while she has been doing keto, she does carnivore some meals, and uh, she has good bowel movements, but she needs to go like now when she does get a bowel movement, and she thinks there's something going on in her gut. It's not quite... Uh, not quite right. Like her bowel she, movements are good regularly, no, but it's she, just that when she does need to go, her her instincts goes. are correct. That if she has that much urgency, even if everything else is okay, that urgency is a problem. It shouldn't be like that. That's not normal. We should realize we need to go, but it should never be. Unless you just keep putting off the signals to the point that that happens, but if I, I don't, I don't think that's what she's doing. I think she's saying, you know, two minutes ago I didn't feel like this, and all of a sudden I got to go. Th- that is a problem. So that that is something we would address. More than likely, it's probably um, a form of dysbiosis, just just uh, some bad gut bacteria somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's what she's thinking. Dysbiosis or SIBO or some kind of a bacterial well, SIBO, SIBO doesn't cause urgency, so I'm not thinking SIBO. SIBO is pretty easy to identify. Right after you eat, if you have SIBO, you're going to get a lot of pain and pressure way up high in your stomach. I mean, that's the first indication of SIBO. Some belching, a lot of gas way up high, pain and pressure. But SIBO doesn't really cause urgency. It could possibly because it can affect everything else downstream. But I think she was on the right track with the dysbiosis. Um, Lots of fermented foods and a couple good probiotics. Yeah. That's what she. That's what she has uh, has come up with. That's what right. she needs. Lots of fermented food. But like I'm having the same issue when she eats yogurt more than like let's say she would eat a cup of that uh, Aruderai homemade yogurt. Yeah. Same. Uh, I'm. I have the same issue. Uh, I get diarrhea the next day. Yeah, that's actually I'm not wondering a, what that, that. That may not be a bad thing. And the only way to know is to keep eating it and see if at any point it changes. One of the things that happens when we start messing with our gut microbiome, and we need to, but when we go in and we start changing the makeup of what bacteria is in there, we load up on one bacteria like the L. ruteri, well, that is going to displace other bacteria. It's going to kill it and crowd it out. And when we start killing off bacteria, we can get symptoms like this. So that's one of the things we always look for. Sometimes when you go in and start changing your gut bacteria, in the beginning, things will actually get worse. Yeah. So just keep eating the yogurt in small amounts? Yeah, I would. I would. Now, if you make it like an entire month, and that is still happening, then at the very least, I would switch strains of yogurt. I would try one of the others. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But other than that, yeah, she's feeling good on that uh, uh, that keto carnivore diet. Man. She's really seen improvement. Yeah. And, to, you know, the, you for that. The other thing she could do if she wants a little help to get through this, have her do a Nutri-Q and a discovery call. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the next thing. Yeah, pinpoint stuff and uh, and uh, but she decided she knows that what what she needs is uh, fermented foods. Like from listening to you and we're just listening to that book now. Man, is that that's quite the book, uh, Super Gut. Yeah, isn't it? I have to say, everybody needs to read that book. Yeah. It's pretty important. (laughs) Like I said, you know, I I think when I had Dr. Davis on the show the last time and we were talking about that book and his statement, um, you know, really stuck with me. He said, when it comes to gut bacteria in our microbiome, um, it's like it's 1981 again. And, um, you know, you just got into computers. That, that that that's we are at the very beginning of what will probably be a very big piece of this 10 years from now. And I'm also now thinking that another area like that is this infrared and red light therapy. I think we're right. And the two actually, you know, work together. There's some correlation there. I'm thinking we're right at the beginning of all this. But again, I'll go back to the hunter-gatherer days. Why do we need all this? Why do we need this stuff? Why do we need to take probiotics? Or, Well, because if we look at our life today compared to a hunter-gatherer, one of the things we should stop doing, but trying to convince people of this, especially now after the last two years of a pandemic, we need to stop sanitizing everything. We want that bacteria. Yeah. Stop sanitizing everything. Our hunter-gatherer ancestors didn't wash or sanitize anything. You know, they killed an animal, they butchered it in the dirt, and they ate it with their dirty hands. That's that's how we are supposed to live. We're not supposed to over-sanitize everything. That's a big reason why our gut microbiome is a mess. The other reason is all the chemicals. Like you were talking uh, earlier uh, and you're open. We don't walk around barefoot anymore. We don't dig in the dirt. That's what we need to do. Absolutely. That's a very, and, very and important. Stop and stop washing and sanitizing everything so much. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense, Kevin. So, but anyways, I'll let you get to other colors. That's what I, uh, what I wanted to hear. So I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for the call. Good stuff. Um, You know, one of the problems with my idea about, you know, stop over sanitizing things. um, I'm talking now to the people who are eating properly, who are eating some sort of a hunter gatherer diet, some sort of a paleo based diet. They've strengthened their immune system. They can stop over sanitizing or stop sanitizing everything but if you're sick if you're eating the standard american diet and you have either a weak immune system or an unbalanced immune system with an autoimmune condition yeah then not sanitizing things for you could be potentially dangerous so I'm only talking right now about the people who have fixed their health through food and lifestyle, and they have a good, healthy, strong immune system. All of that, even bad bacteria, is good for us, still trains our immune system. You just have to be strong enough so that the bad bacteria doesn't kill you or make you really sick. All right, let's... uh 
Let's go to South Dakota. Tim, welcome to the program. Oh, Mr. Rutherford, good day to you. What's on your mind today? I, uh, well, I had originally had a question, but I wanted to tie something else in. You're talking about electricity and human nature. And I was wondering if part of the West Coast potential rolling blackouts, I'm not sure how much electricity California relies on from uh, Lake Mead. And that being down to only out of, I think they have 17 generators there, only running five right now due to the low water levels. Yeah, for for California, that could be one of their issues. But California has so many issues around power. They've neglected their power grid for decades. Um, Their whole kind of pseudo-government electrical system in the state is a mess. But here's the thing. We're not just talking about California anymore. I think the last time I saw, there's like 18 states across the country now predicting they'll have rolling blackouts this summer. Why? California, if it was only California, I wouldn't even mention it. California's had electrical issues for a couple years now, and we understand why. They've made a mess of their whole damn state. They've certainly made a mess of their electrical system. But now, this is why I'm talking about it. What the hell happened that this many states are now predicting this? What changed? That's a very good question. You know, and you were, like I say, I mentioned your electricity and human nature. I had just finished the book one second after. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a very scary nonfiction book. Isn't it, though? Yeah. No, wait. Let me, let, let me correct you on something, because somebody's going to correct me if I don't correct you. That was a fiction book. I'm sorry. I did say nonfiction. Yeah, okay. That was a yeah. very yeah. scary yeah. Now, I, I misspoke there. You're, you are correct. Yeah, that would be really scary if it was nonfiction. <laughs> you, you and I wouldn't be talking right now. Um, we'd be back in the 18, yeah, yeah, we'd be back in the 1800s if that was nonfiction, but an excellent book. Absolutely. I love that book. Very well written, but boy, you're right. It is scary. Uh, I started it and couldn't put it down until it was finished. It was amazing. Do you know, I think there's Um, two, I think there's two more. Well, yeah, he has another one, one year after, and that's my next one on my list. Yeah. It's just a continuation of the same story. Yes. Yep. But now, the reason I initially called you, uh, are you familiar with Wolf-Ram syndrome? Yes. You are, okay. We have a, a person that has just been diagnosed with that, and I was wondering, is there any particular... Diet, carnivore, paleo, that would give us the most optimal benefits? Um, Tell me. Helping uh, with that? Tell me about the age of this person first. This is the 10 year old. Okay. Um, And she is, you know, the earliest group where this is diagnosed. And it's actually probably better the sooner it's diagnosed, the sooner you can start dealing with it. that's what we're thinking also. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing about this. You, you've heard me say many, many times, 
genetics don't play that big of a role in health. We thought that they did. Everybody wants to say, oh, well, that runs in my family. And it, it runs in your family because of your diet, not because of your genes. But this is a true genetic disorder. This, they, yeah. they, they know which gene causes it. They can test for that gene. This is a true genetic disorder. This, we can't say we could reverse this with diet. But I, I, understand I, that. I also won't say we can't reverse it with diet. I don't think we know enough yet. And the reason it is possible to even change a genetic disease with diet is it is possible. I'm not saying in this case or every case of genetics, but we now understand that genes have an on and off switch. And just because you have a gene that causes a disease is not a guarantee that you'll get the disease. If we can keep that switch turned off, you won't get the disease. Is it possible that some genetic diseases, we could go in and turn the switch back off? It's possible. This one is so rare that there's just not enough information or enough people out there to know this yet. But here's what I do know. And I think this is why you're calling. I think you believe this too. I don't care what disease you have. Fixing your diet is going to improve your life. It may not fix your problem. It may not turn everything around. It probably won't. But if you have an opportunity, you have this disease. We know it's going to cause all kinds of issues. And this one does cause all kinds of issues it's actually it can create um, type 1 diabetes you could have a loss of vision you could get deafness you have bladder and bowel dysfunction you have problems with parts of the inner ear you have temperature regulation problems decreased balance um there are some psychiatric symptoms, usually anxiety and depression, probably because you're dealing with all of these other health issues who wouldn't be anxious and depressed. This is kind of a nasty disease. So, yes, it is. So, to me, this is absolutely where we want to do everything possible we can do with food and supplementation to try to improve their life. I agree. So, so Um, Would there be one area we should steer toward as far as a healthy diet? Honestly, even though, I'm sorry, if you said it, I didn't catch it. Male or female? Female, yes. Okay. Um, Are the parents open to changing the diet? Well, we're working on that, and I think so. I mean, you know, anything that, they're open to pretty much anything that's willing to help this child. Well, my, my oh. take on this, there's not a lot of information. We're kind of, you know, flying blind here a little bit um, with this yeah, specific. Yeah, I couldn't find a whole lot about it. Yeah, there isn't. It, it's too rare. We just don't have enough numbers. But, you know, just understanding nutrition and knowing that type 1 diabetes is one of. Now, has, has she been diagnosed with any of these problems yet? Like, is she a type 1 diabetic? Yes, pretty. Uh, not as far as the diabetes, but some of the mental issues and some of the other issues have been, I mean, that's, I think, what led to the diagnosis of the syndrome itself. 
Okay. So my recommendation on diet, and it's not probably not going to be easy with the 10-year-old girl, or it could be, I don't want to be too negative, um, but it's not typically the way we think of 10-year-old girls eating. I, I would have her on a very heavy carnivore-type diet. Now, it doesn't mean... That was my thoughts, too. Yeah, it doesn't mean she has to eat only animal products. It, certainly, she can have some vegetables in there and some fruits for, you know, somebody her age would be fine. Small amounts, though. The The primary part of her diet should be carnivore. It should be fish, meat, eggs, and dairy. As long as she can handle eggs and dairy. I mean, we may have an issue there. Um, But I I really believe that her life would be greatly improved by leaning heavily on animal products and staying away from a lot of plants. Hey, well, that's what uh, we're going to suggest. I have another question, um, and I think it's, I don't believe it's a causation. I believe it's more of a correlation. I've been using Cardio cardio Miracle now for three weeks, and I have been having some acid reflux increasingly since I started using the Cardio Miracle. Have you had any other? I've had one other. So you're not the first. I have had one other, and when I had the other one, I, I kind of looked into it and looked through all the ingredients and thought about what might be causing it. Nothing's making sense yet. And um, I have noticed that it's, I mainly have the issue when you know, I'm a side sleeper, and when I so, sleep on my left side, which, you know, they say you should sleep on the right side correct. because of the orientation of your stomach. right. And, so, you know, but I roll back and forth. Yeah. So, so let me ask you something. Are you doing two um, doses a day? Yes, I have. And I thought about cutting back to one and see if that I would give me an improvement. I, I would try that. But the other thing I'm wondering, um, do you feel like since you started drinking the Cardio Miracle, you're urinating a lot more? At night, particularly, yes. Okay. Here's what could be happening. I'm really kind of thinking on the fly here, but like I said, the last time somebody mentioned this, I went through all the ingredients, couldn't find anything that was making any sense. One of the possibilities is that you're drinking uh, significantly more water than you were before, if you've added this on top of your normal water consumption, you might be weakening your stomach acid with the excess water. Well, so, I pretty much have been staying very hydrated. You might. So, but I, that, I, yeah. I, I don't tell people very often to do this, but you might want to back off a little bit on the water consumption. The other thing I would try is you might want to try taking um, a couple of um, betaine, hydrochloric acid. Our, our product is called betaine. I think it's betaine plus. I don't know. We have a couple of them that have hydrochloric acid in them. You may want to supplement just a little bit of hydrochloric acid every day and see if that helps. Or without even buying the supplement, are you doing anything with like apple cider vinegar? Uh, I was... Oh, a couple of months ago, but I haven't been for 
a while. Though. You might even want to try that again. See if just a little bit of um, okay. acid support makes an improvement in this. Um, I do consume a, one kombucha every day. Yeah, that shouldn't be a but problem. I don't. I mean, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think. Believe there's enough of uh, the vinegar in that. Uh, no. Really no. make an improvement as far as stomach acid. No, no, there's not enough. Uh, it, technically, in in kombucha, there's no vinegar. There, is, there are acids wow. that are similar to vinegar. Now, Kavita, right, right, right. Kavita does make a line of apple cider vinegar tonics that are probiotic. That's Actually, what I was consuming. Okay, yeah, okay. With the Kavitas. Yeah. Well, not all Kavita though. Kavita actually has three. No, I, yeah. Okay. The apple. Yeah, they have the, the their apple cider version is what I was. Yep, and, was and you might want to go back so. to that. A little bit of that every day isn't going to hurt either. Okay. But I think if we can add in more acid, take away a little bit of the water right now, and if we see an improvement, then we know we're on the right track. Okay. Well, I will give that a try. All right. Sounds like a plan. Let's... uh, Thank you very much. You're welcome. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. We'll see you in a little bit.